In the following live session recording, Todd McMeachin, Director of Generosity for Lifeway Christian Resources, talks about unleashing generosity for this generation and the next. In this session, the listener will discover the latest trends, best practices, and ministries that drive a generosity overflow for this generation and the next. Let's join Todd now. All right, let's jump into some scripture here real quick. Uh, this is Proverbs 24, 27. It says, complete your outdoor work and prepare your field. Afterward, build your house. And here we have basically a scripture in which Solomon is encouraging us to you know, make sure that we are prepared before we go into just jumping into building something. And, and oftentimes we can, we, can, we can skip a few steps, can't we? <laughs> Churches tend to do that. We tend to just jump right in, hey, let's build the building, and we're not ready yet. We don't have the resources yet, right? And so uh, we're going to talk a bit about uh, just the, the preparedness of the church. We're going to look at that, especially with being prepared to serve the next generation. Uh, so uh, I'm going to bring up some, some information from Giving USA. Uh, they are a, a philanthropy uh, reporting company. They do a report every year uh, on giving uh, with nonprofits in particular. So we're going to look at some of their information. Uh, this is looking at total giving, I don't know if you can see this really well, uh, from 1978 to 2018 in America. And uh, if, if you see the little gray bars, and we might want to cut the lights, might be able to see it better. Is it back here? Yeah. Does that help? Yeah. If you see the little gray bars, that's re representing inflation, okay? And if we look at our line here, this is, this is giving. And as you can see, right now, we're trending way up as of uh, as of this year, uh, or, or last year, between 2013 and 2018, we've seen record highs in giving in the United States. So giving is, is way, way up right now. In the last five years, a lot of nonprofits are experiencing windfall. Uh, they're, they're experiencing some of the best giving they've ever experienced. So we could say that right now, America's in a good place with, with our giving. Uh, this next slide shows the type of giving and that top bar in the light color down here is marked as religion now when i talked with uh, giving usa got some more detail on it religion was referring only to houses of worship so foundations like the georgia baptist foundation included here okay so other religious organizations not included here this is just referring to houses of worship and if we look at giving back in 1978 53% of all giving went to the church. 1980s were really good. 58% went to the church. But over here on the right-hand side, 2013 to 2017, it was down to 32% of all giving went to the church. Now, the church is still receiving the lion's share. If we look at the, the next organization that's even close, this is education, giving to education. It's not even half of what giving has been to, to churches in the United States. So giving has been really good. Giving has been excellent. And uh, my, my thing's gonna keep timing out on me, isn't it? But uh, anyway, if we were to see 2018, if that were to show here, it would say 29%. That's where we're at right now. We're still getting more than double what the next largest nonprofit is receiving. And, and that is, Education. Education is getting the next largest share of giving. 
I should be encouraging you, right? So here's some, uh, here's some questions for you. True or false? Let's answer these together. The church has the biggest and most inspiring mission on planet Earth. True. Right. How about this one? The church has the most well-resourced, donation-based mission in our country. True or false? True. We just saw it on the chart. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the next closest is education, and it's not even receiving half of what the church is receiving. Right? So, yes, church is the most well-resourced in our country. The church is the pace setter and leading organization impacting your city. True or false? This is typically where we get the silence in the room. <laughs> okay? So we know that the church is the most well-resourced. We know that the church is the biggest and has the biggest and most inspiring mission. So that one, the third one, should be true. Now, we can't say that it is in every community, but it should be. The church is the most generous organization in your city. True or false? That's good. That's good. How about this one? The church worships a generous God, is led by generous pastors, and grows generous disciples. Not always. Not always. Um, so... You know, I think I think what a lot of what a lot of people when I hear the answer is, this part's absolutely true. <laughs> uh, led by generous pastors, I get eh, sometimes, hopefully most of the time, but then grows generous disciples. I typically get a, I'm not so sure about that one. But all these should be true, right? They should be true. So we're seeing that we have a little bit of work to do, right? This is how many Americans make charitable donations in the United States. So we're trending down. The reason we're trending down is in part because those Americans who are giving the most are slowly passing away. Um, the ones who give the most that we see typically are the greatest generation, the silent generation. And we've got these younger generations that are coming up, and a lot of them aren't being taught to be generous. Now, we can go back and say that when we look back at the greatest generation and the silent generation, that we had, we had a lot of people basically trained. The church had people trained. You were given a box of envelopes. Inside the box was an envelope with, a, with all the dates for Sundays. You would take out the offering envelope for this upcoming Sunday, put your money in it, stick it in your Bible, carry it with you to church. That used to be a real practice in the church. We don't see a lot of that anymore. Um, so, you know, that practice is slowly just lending off. It's falling off. And what we're seeing now is we're seeing a lot of churches that have a lot of younger people whom may not be giving at all. And so... Let's look at this. This is our current population, or at least what it was in 2017. Greatest generations slowly passing away. Silent generation, rather small. Remember the baby boomers used to be named as the largest generation? But look at Gen Z. We've got a new generation coming up that's bigger than the baby boomers generation. It's a very big generation. 
this is uh, what we're what we're headed toward. This will be in the next 10, 15 years. So, who's the majority of the church now? Gen X, Millennials, Gen Z. So, let's look at our Millennial gen, 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 generation here for just a moment. This is people in their 20s and 30s. We've got some interesting stats here. That 40% are enrolled in a monthly giving program. Did you know that? <laughs> about, gen, about our millennials, 40% enrolled, 40%, 46% donate to crowdfunding campaigns. You guys know what crowdfunding is? Yeah, so that's a, that's a pretty large percentage. 64% of them volunteer locally. That's a big number. It's a lot bigger than what I think our churches give credit to the millennials. 55% attend fundraising events. That's a pretty good number. And then we have 84% give to charity. And that last number, donating an annual average of $481 across 3.3 organizations. That's a pretty good number. If I took down a $500 check and laid it right here and said, this is for you, you'd say that's a good gift, right? Right? So, you know, it's not, a, it's not a large number in terms of their total income that they receive. Um, for, you know, but then again, these are people in their 20s and 30s, so they're, they're probably not up where they're making a lot of income at this point. Uh, they haven't been at the job long enough. We can put it that way. But they still give. They give. Let's look at our uh, Gen Xers. 49% are enrolled in the monthly giving program. 45% donate to crowdfunding campaigns. Kind of similar numbers, aren't they? This is people in their 40s and 50s. 64% volunteer locally. I think that's the same percentage. And if this thing would stop timing out on me. There we go. 56% uh, attend fundraising events. And Gen Xers are most likely to fundraise on behalf of a cause, make a pledge, and volunteer their time to an organization. Lastly, here's the baby boomer generation. We'll take a look at them, because they're still a large generation that's with us, and these are the ones that they may be around retirement age, they may have a little extra income. 49% enrolled in a monthly giving program. Only 35% donate to crowdfunding, so they're a little less into it. That's more of a young person's thing. 71% um, volunteer locally, so we got a little larger group of volunteers there. 58% attend fundraising events, and 21%, it's not a, not a tiny amount, 21% give through Facebook fundraising tools. So kind of good to know, uh, when we think about digital giving, a lot of times we think about people in their 60s and 70s not interested in participating. But when we look at the, the numbers here, we're seeing we've still got a good number that participate. All right, so what are some takeaways from the stats? The next generation is generous, okay? I think in a lot of our churches today, we think of millennials, we think of Gen Z, and we go, well, they just don't give. It's not that they're not giving. We just saw they're giving. They may not be giving to the church, but they're giving. They are a generous generation. They desire to solve a problem. That's, that's one trend that we see a lot. If they see that you know, there's a, 
we've got we've got this many people who are homeless out in our community and we're raising money so that we can serve the homeless people the, the next generation will jump in in a heartbeat millennials will gen x will gen z will they enjoy social giving so they give socially so when we think social giving we think giving through facebook we think giving through twitter right so they also see all giving the same. So whether they're volunteering at, at an event and they're giving there, they're giving online, they're giving in the offering plate, uh, they're giving toward uh, home, giving homes to the homeless or they're giving toward building a well to serve, to get people fresh water out in another foreign country, doesn't matter to them. They see it all the same. They, they give to every one of these causes across the board and they'll engage or disengage quickly. So if they show up at your church and your church asks for money, your church passes around an offering plate, and your church doesn't tell them this is what your money's going to do, they'll disengage. Why? Because they care about what they're giving toward. They, they love giving to a cause. They love solving a problem. So if our church just says, all right, here's our opportunity. We're going to pass around the offering plate. They're going to disengage. Mobile device driven. They're very mobile device driven. One of the things we can't expect is if we put an online giving system on our website that we're going to see a person from Gen Z go, yeah, let me log on to the website and give. Most of them, they're probably going, I don't even own a computer. Everything's done on my cell phone. A lot of them, they're, they're looking at online giving and they're going, that takes too much time. Why can't it be quick and easy? What, what kind of experience are they used to? Amazon, right? How quick are they able to give in Amazon? You know, it's just click of a button, I can, I can purchase anything, right? They want that same experience in the church. So here's some common leadership myths that we can talk about here. The less I talk about money, the better my generous culture will be. Not true. Not true. We can't, we can't avoid talking about giving. It's not going to make people more generous. I think a lot of pastors, a lot of churches think, if I talk about giving, if I ask for money, people are going to leave. But you know what? If, if you walk into Walmart and you go to the self-checkout line and you go to work on that machine, what's one of the first things that pops up? Hey, care to give to this charity? Yes or no? You click no and then you move on, right? They don't stop shopping at Walmart because Walmart asks them to give money. You go to a restaurant, you might see on the back of a menu, hey, care to give to this cause. If you, if you go to the, you know, just any, like a, a line at Kroger, you might get asked by the person at the register, would you care to give toward a cause? You say yes or no and you move on. People are used to it. It doesn't bother them to hear people asking for money, asking for giving. It's not something that, that drives people away. People don't stop going to these places because they ask. The more I talk about money, the better my generous culture will be. That's also not true. <laughs> we, don't need to, we don't need to just start continuously harping on money all the time. It, it, it is true begging and asking for money is going to develop a culture of giving out of obligation and giving out of need. If I talk about giving, it will chase away the guests. We know that's not true. 
Starting a stewardship training class is the same thing as possessing a generous culture. Also not true. I think stewardship and generosity get a lot of times confused. They are not the same words. They don't mean the same thing. What we do find is that a lot of times stewardship training courses actually cause people to learn about how I need to save money, how I need to put money aside and build a, build a, a safety blanket in my savings account, how I need to get my loans paid off. And when we encourage that, some people, if it's not taught correctly, will walk away thinking that that means I need to save more money, not give more money. So we have to be careful with that. My church is already generous because we always cover our budget. <laughs> I've heard this one too. Also not true. Just because we cover our budget doesn't necessarily mean that everybody in the church is generous. Generosity, when we look at it, a lot of churches I've spoken with, they've shared with me, they say, hey, we always meet our budget. And then I've asked them, I said, okay, we'll go back and see how many of your church members provided the money to meet your budget. What percentage of your church members gave to reach that budget? What we typically find is, yeah, we met our budget, but it was, it was like 15% of our membership that got us there. Does that mean we're a generous church? No. It, it means we've got 15% of our membership that are giving really well, and we've got a whole lot of members that need to learn how to be more generous. And, have, and, and they need to learn discipleship. They need to understand God. They need to understand... The whole, the, whole, the whole fact is we've learned that when it comes to giving, the more often I attend church, the more often I attend small group, the more often I engage in ministry, the more I give. So how do we get, how do we get them more engaged in giving? We first get them more engaged in ministry. That's where it starts. I'm going to look at our digital giving experiences for a moment. Do, do, do either one of you guys uh, have digital giving at the church already? You said you do. You have it at your church? Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, that's the short answer. I'm going, to, I'm going to jump out of this for a second here. I'm going to show you what digital giving experiences often look like in churches. Uh, so this is looking at a, a demo site. Uh, we made this. It's uh, basically your typical church website, right? What happens in most churches... When people go to their website and they go to check out giving, they click on a give button, right? And they typically come to a page that might look something like this. And what we have here is kind of an opening page that tells us about designated accounts, how we allocate the funding, what the Bible says about tithing. Here's the different ways that you can give to our church. Here's some online giving you know, information. Uh, you can give non-cash gifts. Here's how you track your gifts. If you've got questions, ask us, and so on and so forth. Looking at this page, does this page change hearts? Does this page make people feel like, wow, I really want to give toward God? Is this page transactionally focused or transformationally focused? Are we focused on heart transformation? Or are we focused on, here's how we can get your money? This is a transactionally focused page, right? Another thing we often see is once you get past this page and you click the Give button, you get taken to a website that might look something like this. You get a simple 
bland online giving form. I don't know which, which digital giving platforms you use, but your form may look similar to this in some ways. The interesting thing is most systems, once you click give, this is not your website anymore. You're able to put your church's branding up here, but the URL is clearly not your site. It belongs to your, your company that's providing digital giving. Now think about your 70-year-old who's in your church and maybe he's excited about giving and he's been giving for a long time and, and your pastor goes to him and says, hey, what's up? Let's try out digital giving and we can set up a recurring gift so that if you, know, you or your wife are ever out sick or whatnot, you know, we'll be able to still get the gift coming in. It'll be good for you. And, and then we take him to this page and he gets here. How comfortable does he feel? Does the 70 year old look at this page and go, okay, sure, I'll fill this out. Or do we ever maybe have somebody that gets to this page and the first thought is, hey, where'd my church site go? I thought it was given to my church. Who is this? You think about the young person, maybe the 35-year-old, the 20-year-old, who's giving for the first time to the church. They're really excited. They want to give their gift. The pastor encouraged them, you need to go online. You need to give your gift there. And they go online, and what kind of experience are they expecting? Something like Amazon? You know, They get here. How does this make them feel? What if you take them here? Some systems do this. We call this the block page. <laughs> Instead of taking them to a digital giving form, the first thing they come to is I've got to log in. I've got to create an account. And when they click on create an account, what do they have to do then? Start providing their credit card information, their debit card information, right? Now, not only have they been taken off of your church's website, not only are they going, who in the world is SecureNet that I'm giving through? And now they're also going, and why do I have to give SecureNet all this personal information? I'm not sure I feel good about this. So generosity, we want to train you to do something a little bit different. So here's what we're thinking when it comes to next generation giving. What if, instead of getting taken to these screens, the first thing your church does is take them here? They see the word generosity instead of stewardship. They see this statement. Your generosity is changing lives in our church, community, and around the world. You've reconciled families, clothed children, fed the hungry, sent medical supplies to de devastated countries. Because of you, a lonely teenager found a friend and a child in India is learning to read the Bible. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. He works through our generosity and He is working through you. That's a different kind of language, isn't it? See, when we talk to our church, don't we want to let them know that their giving is making a difference? Their giving matters? We don't want to just take them to a giving form. What good does that do? This is how we become more transformational instead of transactional. You agree? What if you had a message from the pastor on the giving page? Before they click give, before they get to the giving form, they see a message from the pastor, and the pastor just comes on a video and just says, hey guys, I'm so excited that you came to give today. I want you to know that you're joining hundreds of others who are making a difference in our, in, in our community and in our world today. Thank you so much for being willing to take this step of faith. It's gonna be a blessing for you, I just know it. How would, that, how would that make a person feel when they go to give? Makes them feel a little excited. 
So this is looking at our giving platform. What Lifeway has done to make this better, to solve the problem, is we've provided an online giving form that is embedded directly into your church's website. You don't leave your website. The form is 100% customizable, so you're not given a static random form that the payment processor owns in which they're collecting the information they want. Instead, you're able to edit this, make it fit your site, your church. So we've got across the top here some options to give non-cash gifts. What we're providing is the capability for somebody to go to the system, click vehicle, if they wanted to give a car or a truck to your church. I don't know if you've ever had somebody try to give a car or a truck to your church before, but there's a lot of work that goes into trying to sell it once you receive it. And what we want to do is take that work off your hands. So what Lifeway will do with this is allow them to simply just select the year, select the make, select the model, select the trim. We've got just about every vehicle built in. Select the color, type in the mileage, the condition, choose what fund you want to give toward, and then just give your gift. And what Lifeway does is we come behind you and we reach out to you. We give the donor a call. We say, hi, I understand you're going to give a BMW 5 Series to your church. I'd like to help you with that. And then we'll call on behalf of your church. We'll schedule a tow truck to come out to the house, pick the vehicle up. We'll take care of all the paperwork. We'll take the vehicle off. We'll sell the vehicle. And we'll take the profit remaining and put it in your church's bank account provides the capability for people to give beyond what's in their wallet. So now somebody can give not just financially like monetary gifts, but they can also give a vehicle, a gift card, they can give assets, stocks, mutual funds, real estate, business interests. They can give jewelry, inventory. Uh, just this past week, uh, Jonathan, we had a guy give leftover grain from the, se from the season. Mm -hmm. We also received a gift of um, uh, gold coins, mm -hmm. gold collectible coins. And we took those gifts for the church, we sold them off, got as much money as we could, and gave the cash to the church. So people, people are really enjoying it, it's pretty neat. Mm -hmm. So another thing that we can do with, uh, with the new giving form, if you wanna give a monetary gift, you can edit everything on the screen. If you want this to be a $30 button, this to be you know whatever amount you want, you can edit them. You can remove them completely and just have one big button that says custom amount, if you'd like. And then you can give through debit card, e-check, credit card, or PayPal, or you can remove any of these options you'd like. If you only want to receive giving by e-check, you can do that. E-check's less expensive for the church, by the way. Um, and then you can give one time, weekly, every two weeks, first and 15th, monthly, quarterly, set up a recurring gift. And we want to make it easy. This form's so simple for people to use. Makes it easy for the 70-year-old to be able to come online on your church's site, not leave your site and give. So that's showing you a little bit about how we're making it easier to give. But generosity doesn't just stop here. So I'm going to show you a couple other things. Like we talked about, um, generosity is a transformational issue, isn't it? It's not just an issue of making it easy for people to give. It's also an issue of giving people training, understanding, discipleship about generosity. So 
Let me back back up here for just a moment. I'm gonna jump back. I'm jumping back and forth between presentations here. I hope y'all don't mind. And um, let's take a look at a couple more things here. So things that a church needs to do to get better engaged. So we need to speak positively about the next generation. Um, and a lot, a lot of us, a lot of us are. You know, we have a lot of things we might want to say about millennials, Gen Z. They don't give. They're 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 not raised well. They're not raised the way we were raised. Um, parents parents don't don't do as good of a job as they used to. We've heard all these comments. If we speak negatively about them, how can we expect them to engage in ministry? How can we expect them to get engage in the church? How can we expect them to engage in Bible study? And and how can we expect them to give toward ministry? Uh, so another another one here, restate your vision and mission to solve a problem. If our vision at our church is simply stating that here's what we do to serve the community, we feed the homeless. We, we, we give shelter to people in need. We serve our city. We serve our world. We serve our community. When we restate our vision... And we let people, we begin to let church members know your giving is going to do something that makes a difference. It's going to make a huge impact in your church. That alone will encourage giving from younger people. We need to upgrade our digital giving experience to include all six giving channels. And I'll share a bit about the six giving channels in just a second. But we need to embrace all the ways of generosity as helpful and create an ongoing generosity ministry plan. So those are the next things I want to cover. Okay? Right now, we just saw that millennials and Gen Z are doing a lot of giving by crowdfunding, right? Right now, churches don't utilize crowdfunding. But yet, crowdfunding last year alone, GoFundMe raised over $2.5 billion. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of money that was raised by GoFundMe. I also know that a lot of our older generation right now, they're giving toward the very first cause that comes apparent to them. If their college reaches out to them and says, hey, we want to build a new building so that we can serve in you know, a new science wing, they will give in a heartbeat to that. So we need to, as a church, begin to embrace that boldness to be able to say, hey, here's a vision. We want to serve and we need to do this to get there. When we begin to state that vision, they will give. We know this because we're seeing a lot of non-cash giving, and Jonathan, you could attest to this, that's, that's going toward these very types of causes. Universities and colleges, aren't they raising a lot of money right now? Millions and millions of dollars going, going, that people are just giving to them. And, and these are the same people that are already giving to your church. And they're going, I would love to give this you know, $100,000 stock to the church, but the church hasn't told me that they have any need for it. The church hasn't said, hey, we want to build X, Y, and Z. We want to do X, Y, and Z. Church doesn't say it, and the college comes along and says, hey, we want to build a new math wing. Sure, here's that $100,000 stop. I wanted to give it to the church, but the church didn't have any need for it. So we have to state these. All right, let's back up here. You guys tracking with me? You guys are awfully quiet. What's your thoughts? Just taking it in. 
All right, so generosity, we decided that we need to embrace six different ways people can give because we know that people are giving in these six ways. We know that people are giving by text, so we've embraced a text giving system. We know that people are giving by app, so we've embraced an app giving system, and all this is built into our platform. We know that people are giving non-cash, so we're providing that. We know that people are giving online, so we're providing that. We also know that people are giving by crowdfunding. So one of the things we've developed is a crowdfunding system like GoFundMe. So here's the capability to do crowdfunding directly in your church's website. And your church can raise money toward whatever you need to raise money toward. A disaster comes, we want to help with a relief effort, we can raise money. So do you see this taking away from giving the general budget? I get that question a lot. I, I, get that, I, I get that question a lot. I'm glad you asked that. And actually, no, I don't. I don't see it giving. I don't see it doing that. It's no different than when you provide multiple designations for people to give toward. Yeah. You know, you, you you raise money during BBS. Mm -hmm. You do certain campaigns where you're raising money, right? People still give their tithes. Yeah. People still give. It doesn't. It doesn't affect it. It's it's a fear that I hear a lot of churches express, but. Do you not want to serve in this way? We're not going to get there if we don't ask. And we can't avoid serving because we're worried about it affecting our general budget. We're here to serve, right? So, so we have to embrace this. Um, and, and again, we're seeing so much giving happening in this area. And as for whether or not it's taking away from the general budget, this again goes back to your language in the church. So with the crowdfunding then is... Their designated accounts for every crowdfunded site to make the back-end management right square. That's right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in this case, if we have here raising money toward, toward Hurricane Stormy, the hurricane just came through, lots and lots of damage, so you built this site the very next day. It took you five minutes to build it in the back office of Generosity. Once you've built it, People, you send it out to everybody on the church's Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and email feeds. Mm -hmm. So it goes out to all your church members, and you show them here you're raising this, this is how much you've raised so far, and you have here a statement, hey church, we need to give above and beyond. We need to go beyond our tithe here, we need to serve our community, we have hurting people, we need to help them. And so you get the word out. And what's great about this is that your church members can click donate now, but any church member, you send it out to your church, I'm one of your members, I click become a fundraiser. When I do that, I get a copy of this page and I'm able to add a paragraph right above this one that says to all my friends, hey guys, my church is trying to raise money to help the people who were hurt and, and, and uh, basically affected by Hurricane Stormy. Would you, would you be a part of this? And I send it out to everybody on my Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and email. I'm reaching people you can't reach because you don't know my people. And then, then I get this out to all my people. Any, any of my people give, it goes into your church's bank account toward the cause. And, and then one of my people decides they want to become a fundraiser. They share it with all their people. And it goes viral because we're able to spread it really well. Yeah, the way we've seen it. So I'll give you, for instance, whether you've got maybe a missions fund or a youth fund or whatever it may be, there's, what we've seen is there's different line items in the church budget that are typically easier to crowdfund than others. And so it's, it's really more of the thought of let's, you know, we're, let's say we were putting $5,000 towards a disciple now weekend. 
you know, to bring in quality people. Let's see if we can't crowdfund that, that 5,000 so that that 5,000 can go somewhere else. And so it, it is somewhat designated giving, but you know, the way we've seen it work is that the church chooses key things to do designated giving for that'll freeze up money to do some other things is the way we've seen it. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And then, it, you know, because the reality is is that the finance committee is you know, going to have control over what are the excesses at the end of the year anyway. So if you end up with excess at the end of the year, now you've got money that you uh, didn't expect it. The fear is the general budget goes short. There's no excess. And does that make sense? And it is, yeah. Then your mm-hmm. payroll is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For God's sake. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, but again, if we look at crowdfunding and we look at who does it, mm-hmm. we're looking at people who typically are going beyond those who are paying those tithes. Yeah. And this you know? kind of allows a church to almost function like a nonprofit right. in a more traditional sense with the crowd, crowdfunding. So. Right, right, right. So, so this is a, an example, but you could also use this crowdfunding tool if you wanted to. Let's say you developed a crowdfunding page that had different missionaries that were going on a mission trip. So you've got, here's Susan's crowdfunding page, here's Tommy's crowdfunding page, here's Mike's crowdfunding page. And then if I wanted to go and check out, okay, who's, who's in need of raising a little more money to be able to go on the mission trip? I see that Susan's almost raised 100% of her budget, but it looks like Tommy's struggling to get the money. I click on Tommy and I donate to Tommy and, and I help him out. So it's, it's a way to encourage, you know, and, and help out those who are trying to raise money for a certain camp. You can do that as well. Another way you could you could raise money with with generosity for such things as camp and all. We looked at this giving form, and remember I told you this form is 100% customizable. So let's say somebody comes and visits your website. You know, a lot of times when people come to a church's website, they're not coming to the site to give. They're coming to the site to learn about different ministries that your, your church is, is doing. But what if they were able to come to your church and they go, okay, this is cool. They've got a youth camp. Let me check out youth camp. So they visit the youth camp page and they start reading about your camp and they read inspiring stories. They see an inspiring video and they go, you know what? This is cool. I think I'm going to send my grandson to camp. This is great. And so then instead of having to click a give button and leave this page and then leave the website, build a custom giving form just for camp. This one's custom designed for camp. And so here, I changed up these buttons, 500, 250, 150, and I wrote above 250, that's a full sponsor to camp. I wrote above 500, send two. And then down here at the bottom, this is called an impact meter. Shows me that my $250 provides a week of camp. So I, as a giver, know exactly what my money's gonna do. And what's great about that impact meter, if I click up here and I go, I'm just going to give 50 toward camp, then it's going to tell me that provides one out of five days of camp. If I want to click on the 100, okay, that gives me two out of five days of camp. Or I could just write in an amount, $175, and it tells me that provides seven-tenths of the week of camp. So a great way to help your, your givers know exactly what their money does. And that matters to them because they give toward a cause. They, they want to know what their money's going to do. And with this particular one, I also added some custom fields in so I could kind of pre-register those who are going. So if I'm giving the 250 and then the church wanted to know, well, who am I giving this toward? Well, that's Toby. 
And what's his t-shirt size? Well, he wears a youth medium. And they can just type the information into these fields. And you get this information in your back office. And they click give. When they click give, it just flips over the form. They're still on your website. And they don't leave your page. Filling out the form, we use cookies. So if you've ever filled out a form before, if you've ever shopped on Amazon or anything and it's got that information saved, it'll just automatically pull it up. That was quick and easy to fill out the form. And then put in your card information and give. You can also log into the platform if you'd like to. And with logging in, we've made that easy. Instead of having to put in an email and a password, you can log in with Google or Facebook. And that makes it simple. So I, don't, I honestly don't remember my password. <laughs> so I always log in with Google. And just click here, click on my account, close this page, and I'm logged in. Here's my credit card. I'm ready to give. Click give. So we've made it simple. We want it easy enough that you know, the greatest generation can use it. We also want it quick and painless enough that a millennial is going to take the time to do it. All right, so that's, again, the transactional side. Let's talk about the transformational side for a moment. Changing the problem of giving in our country isn't going to happen just because we made it easy to give. We've got to disciple. We've got to train. So included with the generosity platform, what we've done is put together a training system. This, is, this comes with it. And what you have here, this is called the generosity cycle. I know you can't read it, but it's got, it's got different modules for training. You have the believe, lead, teach, practice, celebrate, and thank. And those are the steps we walk through to help you raise generous disciples in your church. So our Believe module is designed with a lot of tools that are specifically for the pastor. These tools are designed to help the pastor do everything from analyzing his language, how he talks from the pulpit, to just kind of getting a general idea of where he stands on what he believes about giving and about generosity. There's a really neat piece of this here. My laptop is blacking out on me. Sorry about that. Well, let's just take a look at a piece of our training here. This says, our words are great indicators of what's in our heart. So the following phrases are samples of language related to money that are often heard from pastors. So the, this particular tool here helps the pastor begin to look at, how do I talk about giving from the pulpit? So we encourage them to, along these blanks here, Write, write, a, write, a, write a T if it's something you've thought about but never said out loud. Write an S if it's something you've said out loud. Or write a, an NA if it doesn't apply to you. But um, let's look at some of these. Some pastors have shared with us that they said from the pulpit, if everyone tithed, we'd have more money than we could use. Some pastors have shared that they've said, without your gift, our ministry cannot survive. Some have said... Giving has an impact far surpassing anything we can see. Its reward is eternal. Or how about, please consider financing our church. And some have said, we need X amount of money in order to complete our project. Now just given the selection I chose, what kind of disciple would you create if you were to say those types of things? Would you develop a disciple giving out of a heart shackled to shame? 
a disciple giving out of obligation or because the church is in need? Or are you developing a disciple who gives out of the joy of giving and who gives to grab hold of the promises of God? Or who views their money as a tool given to them by God to transform the world? So we help a pastor begin to evaluate his language. We move beyond that to helping the the leadership staff of the church through training tools look at how they form the budget. Look at how they determine a ministry's return on investment. And then we move out of that into training everybody in the church through small group Bible study lessons and through sermon outlines and how to teach about generosity to the beginning giver, the tithing giver, and the extravagant giver. How do you help a beginning giver move from being a beginning giver to a tithing giver? What kind of Bible stories would you use? Can you think of a giving hero for a beginning giver? Maybe they're nervous about giving their first gift. What if we were to talk about the boy who gave the loaves and the fish? As far as we know, that was his very first gift, right? And when he gave that gift, what did God do? God used his small amount, the only little he had that he could give, and God did a massive miracle with it. God can do mighty, really big things even through the smallest gift. But do we tell our church members that? What kind, of, what kind of message does that convey? That helps them. That's the kind of training we offer. And then we also include celebrating well and thanking well. Uh, question for you. Uh, does your church um, give you a thank you card or a gift or a letter or anything when you give? Tax season. You get, you get the tax letter. Right, right. How about the person who gives for the very first time? Did they get a thank you? We need to do better. We need to do better. How about this? When something impactful happens in the church, let's say a nine-year-old comes to know Christ for the first time. We'll celebrate it, right? Maybe bring the child up front. Some churches I've seen them do it. Little Susie just accepted Jesus in her heart as Lord and Savior. The church applauds and praises God. Does the church member make the connection in their mind, the understanding that because I gave, I helped contribute to this moment? Probably not. What if we were to stand up in front of the church and say, little Susie just accepted Jesus Christ in her life, and I want to thank you. Because you gave of your generous words, she felt encouraged and welcomed here. Because you prayed for her, she heard the voice of God. Because you gave financially, we had curriculum that taught her about the Bible. What you did matters. That's why she's standing here today. What does that do for you church members? This is how we celebrate impactful moments in a church. Generosity should not be a topic that we never hear about. It should be an ongoing topic that the church is familiar with. We always talk about generosity at our church. How do we get there? That's what we're here to help with. That's what the training does. Jonathan, I'm going to let you jump in here, brother. I don't know how much time we have left. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, have, we have partnered with the Georgia Baptist Foundation to be able to provide our platform to Georgia. 
um, in, to, to churches in Georgia. You'll, you'll be surprised. It's, it's good. It's really good. Jonathan, I'm going to pull up here an offer. I'm going to put it up on the screen, okay? Yeah, so in our work with Rob and uh, Lifeway, we are trying to make it available to churches in such a way that, uh, that not only you can test it, but you can use it. And so you're joking around about it being free. Um, we've been able to basically map it out that you have to do it between now and September 30th. It's a limited time. But there's zero set up. That's normally, what, about $400? Is that... It depends upon the church size, but it can run between $100 to $400 for setup. And We're giving it to you free. There's no monthly subscription, and then if you know enough about the details as far as the different rates, uh, those are very competitive rates, especially for what all you get uh, in the program. And so we are grateful to Lifeway for their willingness to kind of work with us and help us. And there's even, Rob didn't have enough time to go through it, but I'm assuming, Rob, this would also include the event registration piece. It does. It's in there. There's a text to give piece that's in there. There's there's a lot more to the software than what he had time to show just in the... So you've got six different ways you can give. Yeah, and event management is one of them. It's where you can register guests for an event, and you can also sell tickets. Uh, uh, Rob, for the monthly subscription, how long is that indefinitely? Or that's is that indefinite for those who sign up before September 30th. How long has Lifeway been doing this? This uh, Lifeway has been with Generosity now for two years. Um, general, the platform was worked on for a year, and then it was released. It was released at the beginning of this year. Um, so uh, right now, having we started in February, mm -hmm. and right now we've got about 160 clients. We're just getting started. We're not even a year in. We use pushback. Which is, you know, it was kind of billed as one of, one of the early, you know, but mm -hmm. if you had to compare and contrast this product to PushPay, mm -hmm. what would you... So PushPay's charging you a lot more money. A lot more A money. whole lot more money. $1,500 a year. Everything that PushPay does, we do. Yeah. We, we do everything they do. Right. The, the only, the only, the, the major differences are PushPay takes you out to their website. Yeah, we do. keep it on your website. And then we give you non-cash, PushPay doesn't do it. Right. We give you event management, PushPay doesn't do that. We give you crowdfunding, PushPay doesn't do that. Right. Um, so it's the same that PushPay well, offers and more. The, the, the most, the currently the most aggravating thing with PushPay is the fact that right now in the drop-down list of things that you can possibly get to, they only allow us to do six options. We have people that live like us missionaries in our community and they raise their own support through our church mm -hmm. and we need more than six options. You're but unlimited. Unlimited. See, that's, that's incredible. Unlimited. So, that's cool. Uh, for them to be able to take advantage of this, they contact you? Do they go online to a certain link? What's the... If you want if you want to take advantage of this, just give me a call. Sweet. I'll walk you through it. Yeah. Yeah. And with, the, with this being uh, a limited time offer mm -hmm. and a free offer, um, we've, got to, we've got to set you up behind the scenes. You can, you can go to Lifeway's website. You can find our pricing at lifewaygenerosity.com. Um, but as for uh, this offer, you're going to have to give me a call so I can set you up on it. Because if you go through the website, it's going to automatically charge you. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. And is there a limit to the number of churches that can participate in this? Have y'all kept that? Um, we're only providing this at certain events mm -hmm. um, and only providing this in basically connection with certain groups such as the Georgia Baptist Foundation. Uh, so we're not really capping the number. Okay. Uh, you know, it's a matter of how many show up at an event and want it. Sure. Yeah. You, you say zero monthly subscription. 
technically like push pay is just an annual subscription. Mm -hmm. is, is there an annual subscription to this? No, or? no. I, I'll, I'll be I'll be flat out with you that yeah. you've got the 2.69 percent plus 30 cents. Yeah, you've got the 30 cents on ACH, which is cheaper than push pay. Oh, yes. um, as for um, card fees, mm -hmm. card brands they charge fees. Yeah. Um, we we've got roughly twenty dollars that will hit you every month. And that twenty dollars doesn't come. It's not charged by Lifeway. It's charged by the PC, by the payment card industry. Right, it's, right. Your, it's your it's uh, your Mastercard location fee, your right. Visa. Um, uh, it's called a FAMF fee. And we get all, these all those yeah. compliance scans and PCI you know. compliance. We're waiving um, the cost of it. PCI compliance costs ninety five dollars a year. Right, right, right. We're waiving that fee. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a good deal. Oh, this is an amazing deal. Yeah, it's not a good deal, it's a great deal. <laughs> yes, sir. So, kind of like call your cell phone right now. <laughs> Support changes his mind, right? I said call it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cell phone's going to ring in your pocket. Yeah, well, I'm not at the just, system. Just texting your right name and church and say, I want that deal. <laughs> if, if you wanted to get set up right now, I can give you another guy's number. Yeah. That's no, at the office mean, that can do it. Yeah, because we're, we're frustrated with push pay. That's why I came. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. What, what's the other guy's number? Uh, you're going to want to call Kyle Blankenship. Okay. And um, you see the 800 number that's on there? Mm -hmm. That'll get you to him. Because right, he's, he's manning that line. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So I'm going to talk to Rob at Go Georgia? Yep, yep. Just let him know that I was here and that we talked and. Uh, just say, let him know you were here for the Go Georgia event. He'll take care of the rest. Okay. Rob, we do appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's Absolutely. Great. I hope it helps you. It does. It does. We do, we do a lot of fundraising. Like half my staff raises their support to, to do what they do. So uh, all these different. Well, and with this, he didn't show you. You can build customized landing pages. Right. So those staff members could build their own customized landing page. Yeah, yeah. As well. Absolutely. That. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's several of like our refugee sewing society. They run their finances through through our church as well. So, so that's coming out of yours. I need to get your car because I have materials and sewing machines from where they came to our church that never got. Oh yeah, done. that's that's us. Okay. So what what that ministry could do is they could they could you could go through the platform, mm -hmm. build a landing page, web page that's custom built for them. Right. Got someone giving embed in it when they give it goes to your bank account. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah so, the functionality is incredible. Oh, yeah. It really is. Cool. Well, guys, uh, it's been, been a pleasure.